Once you go far enough down the demonology rabbit hole, there's simply no coming back. Just when you think you've encountered all of the demons, one of them comes along and whispers in your ear, Hey legends, what about me? At this point, I'm starting to think of myself as the modern day Solomon. Only instead of binding these pesky demons and forcing them to build me a temple, I go ahead and make a video about them instead. With that being said, today we're going to change it up a little and focus instead on a questionable angel, and I use the term loosely, who's been in my peripherals for quite some time. Many have described the subject of today's video as a lawless angel, a rebel, a wicked entity that presides over hell and lives to lure men off the righteous path. Others meanwhile think of him as a demon, a dark entity so far up the evil hierarchy that he may have even preceded Satan himself. Some have described him as an advocate for perversion, apostasy, greed, sloth, lust, and everything in between. A fallen angel who the Dead Sea Scrolls dubbed as the King of Evil. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we dine with Belial. The term Belial is used several times within the Bible, though not necessarily to indicate this king of evil, nor any sort of wicked demon. Belial, a Hebraic term, was thought to characterize the worthless or the wicked, the very etymology of the word often considered to mean the lacking of worth or value. In other interpretations, the word is thought to have meant yokeless, or to have no rising, a phrase for one not having the potential to achieve. In other uses within the Bible, however, we see Belial, or the many other spellings of Balial, Belial, Belhor, Belial, Belia, Burial, or Belial, to mean the very personification of the devil himself. We first see it used in the King James Version of Deuteronomy 13.13, where we are told, Certain men, the children of Belial, are gone out from among you, and have withdrawn the inhabitants of their city, saying, Let us go and serve other gods, which ye have not known. We understand that this comes from a passage where readers are cautioned to be wary of those enticing them to go and worship false gods, and it is here that these children of Belial are noted as the culprits. Whilst Belial is not identified here, the context of which these children are mentioned lead us to believe that Belial was worshipped and his followers were known to try and lead men of God astray. At the very best, from this mention alone, Belial can be recognised as a false god of some variants. The Hebraic term of Belial here, meaning worthless, can be used to describe these men, these children of Belial as simply worthless men, those who aren't necessarily evil, but have no purpose and no use. It isn't until Psalm 41.8 where the term Belial is associated with evil in the form of a disease that is afflicting David. We are told in some translations of the Bible, notably the Derby translation and Young's literal translations, a thing of Belial cleaveth fast unto him, and now that he is laid down, he will rise up no more. 
The term bilial here comes to represent an ailment that causes harm, particularly to David, who has fallen and cannot rise again. Another idea is that this thing of Belial was some kind of disgrace that David had suffered, and that it weighed upon him so heavily that he felt ill because of it, and was not able to hold himself up. We further see this echoed in another psalm about David in Psalm 101.3, where one speaks of how they will be wise and walk with integrity, and that, I will set no thing of Belial before mine eyes, I hate the work of them that turn aside, it shall not cleave to me. Here resilience against Belial is praised, and that it is advised that associating anything with Belial is ill-advised all round. It isn't until Proverbs 6.12-14 do we see Belial personified, again in the Derby translation of the Bible, though not as an angel or a demon, but again as an unscrupulous person. In the passage titled Warnings Against Foolishness, we are told, A man of Belial, a wicked person, is he that goeth about with a perverse mouth. He winketh with his eyes, he speaketh with his feet, he teacheth with his fingers, deceits are in his heart, he deviseth mischief at all times, he soweth discords. The idea of those pertaining to Belial as being wicked intensifies in Judges 19, where we are told of the crime of the town of Gibeah. Similarly to Lot's story in Sodom and Gomorrah, a Levite saw sanctuary in Gibeah, and when he found it in the house of an old man, we are told in the King James translation, Behold the men of the city, certain sons of Belial, beset the house round about and beat at the door, and spake to the master of the house, the old man, saying, Bring forth the man that came into thine house, that we may know him. Here we understand that the sons of Belial are perverted and vile, as they attack the man's house in search of the Levite, so that they may have sex with him. Once more, the term Belial and the children of Belial earn another strike against their name those that are foul defilers. The tribes of Israel later strike back against the town of Gibeah and the children of Belial in an act of revenge for the Levite's concubine, who had been taken in the night, sexually assaulted, and later killed. We are told, And the tribes of Israel sent men through all the tribes of Benjamin, saying, What wickedness is this that is done among you? Now therefore deliver us the men, the children of Belial, who are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death, and put away evil from Israel. It is in this section that the term Belial finally evolves into a faction of evil, and that all who are associated with the term become less in relation to being worthless, but more in relation to being detestable. We lastly see Belial mentioned in the Bible as the sons of the priest Eli in the first book of Samuel 2.12-26. Essentially, Eli's sons were conning and threatening those who came to offer meat sacrifices so that they could take it for themselves. They were also said to be openly sleeping with women at the entrance of tent meetings 
and were not remorseful for their sin, even after they were reprimanded by their father. The King James translation of the Bible is pretty clear in identifying them as children of Belial, telling us, Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial, they knew not the Lord. Yet again, we see these sons of Belial as being associated with the undesirables of society, those who are the most detestable, and certainly those who are to be punished for their poor behaviours. The end of the chapter makes this clear as well, telling us that after refusing to listen to their father's warning, God simply kills them. By this, the first and foremost usage of Belial does not appear to represent an angel or a demon. But you might say, it certainly sounds like those who are the children of Belial demonstrate the behaviours one would expect from a malevolent being. Instead, we are clearly able to recognise Belial and all who are associated with him as worthless, sickening, despicable and otherwise wicked. The mention of Belial in the New Testament only appears once in the second book of Corinthians 6.15, where the question is asked, what harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Here Christ becomes the representation of all believers, whilst Belial becomes the representation of all non-believers, suggesting that those who do not believe can be associated with this previously derogatory term. Another idea here is that Christ and Belial are symbols for God and Satan, and so by this, some have theorised that Belial was indeed just another name for Satan. By this point, many of you are likely wondering, what does any of this have to do with the actual angel or demon identity pertaining to Belial? And does this Belial actually have any presence in the Bible? Well, the short answer is no. As far as the Bible goes, there does not seem to be a specific indication that Belial is anything other than a person who is, for lack of a better term, scum. So in order to find more concrete mentions of Belial the demon, or the fallen angel, we must look to apocryphal works and various other forms of literature. In the Dead Sea Scrolls, ancient Jewish manuscripts that were found in the Judean desert speak of an angel of light and an angel of darkness. The angel of light is thought to be a representation of God himself, whilst the angel of darkness is thought to be that of Belial. As you might imagine, the angel of light was thought to encourage righteous behaviours, but Belial, as this angel of darkness, was thought to inspire wickedness. Some may see similarities between this text and the aforementioned Corinthians, where God and Belial form the representations of believers and non-believers. In the Dead Sea Scrolls, meanwhile, the two entities are positioned as sort of good and bad angels, which is interesting given that in this text, Belial is quite clearly imagined as an angel. A negative one, sure, but an angel nonetheless. In fact, fragments of the Dead Sea Scrolls point to Belial as being the angel of enmity, where it is said, 
You made Belial for the pit, angel of enmity. In darkness is his domain. His counsel is to bring about wickedness and guilt. All the spirits of his lot are angels of destruction. They walk in the laws of darkness. Towards it goes their only desire. This profound statement shows us that not only is Belial thought to be an angel who chooses the darkness over the light, but that he also has his own host of evil angels, those which serve him in his goal to bring about wickedness and guilt. Some might say that he takes on the role of a fallen angel, in that he seeks to inspire man to do wrong in his counselling to bring about wickedness and guilt. As a fallen angel, it is possible that perhaps he was once a traditionally good angel, but succumbed to corruption. Like Lucifer, perhaps Belial believed that he was more powerful than God, or at least decided that his way was better, and so was either cast out of heaven or left on his own accord to cultivate his own way of life through darkness. The idea that Belial was once an angel in the graces of God can be substantiated by some of the declarations by God that are featured in the scrolls, where God says, I shall not comfort the oppressed until their path is perfect. I shall not retain Belial within my heart. Through this, it can be said that God did once have a place for Belial in his heart, but since his descent, he now shuns him. The Dead Sea Scrolls do go on to depict Belial as the king of evil, or as the prince of darkness, in a dream by Amram, the father of Moses. Here we learn that Amram dreams of two angels fighting over him, and that one of them is Belial, the king of evil, and the prince of darkness. Contained within the Dead Sea Scrolls are the fragments of a Zadokite work, otherwise known as the Damascus document, which states that in the final days, Belial shall be let loose against Israel. The work also attributes three nets to Belial, which are thought to be traps implemented by the demon to corrupt mankind. These nets are thought to be fornication, wealth, and the pollution of the sanctuary. Another idea from this work suggests that Belial is an agent of God, a necessary evil that is allowed to function under the careful watch of the Lord. Here, Belial, whether he realizes it or not, is serving God in his administering of punishment to those who have sinned, or perhaps can be seen as a test by God to see who will fall for Belial's wickedness. Another idea from the text tells us that it was Belial who gave rise to the sorcerers in Egypt, those who would come to oppose Moses and Aaron. There are also fragments of the text that aim to teach believers that those who summon or entertain spirits are likely advocates of Belial, and that they should be condemned as sorcerers, wizards, or necromancers. Meanwhile, in an apocryphal scripture associated with the Bible, known as the Testaments of the Twelve Patriarchs, Belial is directly presented as God's nemesis, and certainly not one who does God's bidding as an angel of enmity. The second son of Jacob, Simeon, 
tells us in his chapter of the text that it is fornication that separates man from God and brings him into the hold of Belial, coinciding from the idea of the Dead Sea Scrolls that Belial will use fornication to lure men away. The third son of Jacob in Levi is seen to be telling his children to choose between the righteousness of God and the wickedness of Belial. His chapter also details that when one's soul is frequently disturbed, i.e. one that is easily tempted, the Lord will abandon it, and Belial will be quick to swoop in and rule over it thereafter. Meanwhile, in Joseph's section of the Testament of the Twelve Patriarchs, he predicts the moment that the Israelites left Egypt, and that when they did, darkness remained in Egypt, as did Belial, to rule over it. The Testament does come to conclude that when the Messiah arrives on earth, he and his angels will do battle against Belial and his spirits, and that the latter will be punished. Belial will be bound, and the Messiah will come to give power to his followers to defeat his evil spirits. A pseudepigraphical Christian Jewish text known as the Ascension of Isaiah also speaks of Belial or Beliar, as he is known in this story. He is referred to as an angel of lawlessness, and the ruler of this world. In this story, we see Isaiah come to counsel the king of Judah, Hezekiah, seeking to warn him that his son, Manasseh, will become king next, but will not follow the righteous path. Isaiah's prediction is told to us as, Isaiah said to Hezekiah the king, but not in the presence of Manasseh, only did he say unto him, As the Lord liveth, and the Spirit which speaketh in me liveth, all these commands and these words will be made of none effect by Manasseh thy son, and through the agency of his hands I shall depart mid the torture of my body, and Samael Malkira will serve Manasseh, and execute all his desire, and he will become a follower of Belial, rather than of me. Furthermore, Isaiah also comes to predict his own death at the hands of Manasseh and Belial, saying, And many in Jerusalem and in Judea he will cause to abandon the true faith, and Belial will dwell in Manasseh, and by his hands I shall be sawn asunder. We also see Belial identified not as a demon, but again as this angel of lawlessness, as Isaiah tells us, and Manasseh turned aside his heart to serve Belial, for the angel of lawlessness, who is the ruler of this world, is Belial, whose name is Mantanbuchus, and he delighted in Jerusalem because of Manasseh, and he made him strong in apostatizing Israel, and in the lawlessness which was spread abroad in Jerusalem. What's interesting about this passage is that not only is Belial identified yet again as this fallen angel, or evil angel, he is also identified as having as much authority to be the ruler of the world. Some might say that either God is allowing Belial to have this dominion in an effort to test the righteous, or that Belial is actually a formidable opponent against God, and has secretly taken the world hostage. We also get an understanding that his real name is Mantanbuchus, perhaps his previous angelic name 
before turning against his creator. We also learn that Beliar hates Isaiah, because Isaiah was able to foresee his involvement and his corruption of Manasseh. It is Isaiah who exposes Beliar to the world in this text, and even goes as far as to associate him with the role of the Antichrist, telling us, Beliar, the great ruler, the king of this world, who hath ruled it since it came into being, ye he will descend from his firmament in the likeness of a man, a lawless king, the slayer of his mother, who himself even, this king, will persecute the plant which the twelve apostles of the beloved have planted. Of the twelve, one will be delivered into his hands. This ruler in the form of that king will come, and there will come with him all the powers in this world, and they will hearken unto him in all that he desires. And at his word the sun will rise at night, and he will make the moon to appear at the sixth hour, and all that he hath desired he will do in the world. He will do and speak like the beloved, and he will say, I am God, and before me there has been none, and all the people in the world will believe in him, and they will sacrifice to him, and they will serve him, saying, This is God, and beside him there is no other. The text clearly tells us that Belial's aim is to be worshipped as God himself, and that much like with the Antichrist, he will take the opportunity of God's absence to facilitate this plan. Furthermore, it would also appear that many people will come to take Belial's words as the truth, for his lies are so convincing that none would dare to think otherwise. It would also justify Belial's hatred of Isaiah, and why Belial convinces Manasseh to end up sawing him in half, because if not for Isaiah, the whole world would likely have taken Belial at face value, and accepted him as God. The text does continue though, that whatever rule Belial has over the earth will not be forever, and that the one true God will return and do away with him. It is said in the text, And after 1,332 days, the Lord will come with his angels, and with the armies of the holy ones, from the seventh heaven, with the glory of the seventh heaven. And he will drag Beliar into Gehenna, and also his armies. Gehenna is of course a reference to the site of Jerusalem, which the kings of Judah sacrificed their children by fire, a site which thereafter was cursed, and perhaps a fitting dwelling for a being such as the angel of lawlessness. Belia is again mentioned in the Book of the Resurrection of Jesus Christ by Bartholomew the Apostle, a pseudonymous work of the New Testament Apocrypha that sees Jesus descending into hell to rescue everyone, with the exception of Judas, Cain, and Herod the Great. In this profound piece of literature, we see Bartholomew speaking with Jesus and asking what it was that happened to him after he was crucified. He also reveals that he had seen angels descend upon the crucifix, and that Jesus had vanished from it, leaving only the sinister laughter of something underground. When asking who this voice belonged to, Jesus revealed that this was Belial, amongst other beings 
that are residing in hell. In this story, Jesus eventually commands the Archangel Michael to show the fallen angels to his disciples and Bartholomew, where amongst them is Belia. We are told, And Bartholomew feared, and raised his voice, and said, Blessed be the name of thine immortal kingdom, from henceforth even forever. And when he had spoken, Jesus permitted him, saying, Go and tread upon the neck of Belia. And Bartholomew ran quickly upon him, and trod upon his neck, and Belia trembled. Jesus encourages Bartholomew to interrogate Belia, after he has been bound and brought up from hell, to be shown in his vulnerable state. Here, after some reluctance to face the being, Bartholomew gains the courage to step upon Belia's neck, and Belia immediately confesses his identity and some of his origins, as we are told, and Belia answered, and said, If thou wilt know my name, at the first I was called Satanel, which is interpreted as a messenger of God. But when I rejected the image of God, my name was Satanus, that is, an angel that keepeth hell. Interestingly, we get another version of Belia here, who now not only admits to being one of God's angels, and a messenger no less, but one who, after having rejected God, becomes an overseer of hell. It's worth noting that he does not deny his angelic heritage, nor does he consider himself anything but an angel. In this variation, it is not the demons who are the keepers of hell, but instead one of God's own, one who betrayed him and adopted the underworld for himself. Whilst the Biblical Apocrypha focus on Belial being an angel, or at least a fallen angel, other works appear to detail him as a demon, with the exception of Johann Weyer's Pseudomonarchia Daemonum, or the False Monarchy of Demons. We are told here that Belial, a king, was created immediately after Lucifer, and that despite Lucifer being considered the most prolific angel to have fallen, Belial had indeed fallen first. The text continues that Belial takes sacrifices in the form of gifts and burnt offerings, for which in exchange he will offer the mortals truths, though the authenticity of his words can often be dubious. We are also told that despite his fall, he still takes the form of a beautiful angel, who sits in a chariot made of fire, controlling not just demons, but other fallen angels too. The text then gives us an interesting account of Solomon, telling us that it was Belial who Solomon ended up worshipping, after being deceived by a certain woman to pray to her gods. Whilst most accounts point to Belial being something of a fallen angel, or an evil angel, other texts do identify him as a demon, such as in the Gotia, by Alistair Crowley. Here, Belial is considered to be a most powerful demon, whose power is second only to Lucifer. His role includes bringing fortunes and favours to magicians and sorcerers, and aiding those who dabble in the dark arts with their craft. Interestingly, there's also a historical account about the 15th century French nobleman Gilles de Ray, who, legends say, had been a most sinister occultist. 
Not only was he thought to have murdered children, but he was also rumoured to have severed their body parts and used them in sacrifices to none other than Belial. We also see Belial depicted quite prominently as a demon in John Milton's epic poem Paradise Lost, where Belial is a principal devil in the realm of hell. Whilst he's often considered to be a tempter or a seducer, in this work he's far more akin to the sin of sloth and encourages inactivity and delay. Belial can be seen arguing against warring with heaven, not because he incites peace, but because he is the embodiment of idleness. Despite his encouragement of sloth, he appears to be eloquent and well-spoken, demonstrating a high level of intelligence and wit, as he is able to deceive other demons to see his way of thinking. The idea and character of Belial adds a lot to the narrative of God and his angels. Firstly, it gives the angels another layer to their nature, promoting the idea that there can be good and bad angels, and that angels are free to choose their path, either with God or against him. Belial also highlights the fact that Lucifer was not the only angel to fall. We know that Lucifer had a host of angels who rebelled with him, but seldom are these angels given any notable attributes or identities that make them worth exploring. With Belial, we're able to explore more of the concept of fallen angels, and can see an interesting parallel in that it appears in some of these works that angels experience the same ambitions that we might, and that like us, they too can fall off the righteous path. It's also quite something that angels, like Belial in this instance, aspire to be worshipped as gods themselves, whether this be through impersonation of God himself as an antichrist, or as a ruler of hell and a leader of the damned souls, perhaps the children of Belial if you will.